Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. So we are just a little bit early, but I actually have a, uh, a Christmas gift that I'd like to give you guys, and I feel like it's something that that we should do on air. So I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. get it for you real quick. What? No, nice. Um, so I'm gonna ask you all to close your eyes for a second. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay, everybody, open your eyes. Oh my <laughs> God, it's beautiful. Uh, <laughs> uh, they, I had to take a second. They make me uncomfortable to look at. I <laughs> love it so much. Uh, Thank you. Trash. <laughs> <laughs> so I got them each a set of six-sided die that are not laid out properly. So all like for the one, it's just up in the corner. For the, the six, they're almost in a circle. It just is, none of it makes sense. All the hips are offset differently. Yeah. Just, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm emotional. I love it so much. <laughs> uh, my six looks like a smiley face with a smirk. Yeah, they're hideous. Yeah. They're good. But somebody, <laughs> if we post a picture of these, somebody in our Discord will pack bond with them immediately. They'll be like, they're too ugly, they need to be protected. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're ugly, I love them, they need to be cared for. <laughs> uh, so, over this last week, we passed our last Patreon goal, and we had said that we were going to announce what the new one is. So I think it's time to do that, because we are actively working towards the next goal. So, we are going to create a new series of nine one-shots. It's going to be called Tales from the Omniverse, and each one will feature a new game or supplement to a game, and we'll have a guest or two either running the game for us or playing the game with us, and Tales from the Omniverse will encompass our next nine Patreon goals. So at every $100 goal, we will release the next part of this mini-series. Tales from the Omniverse will be fully produced just like our Let's Plays, uh, and they will be broken up into chunks that are about 60 minutes or so. But unlike our one-shots, which are normally three or four parts, Tales from the Omniverse, each one will be as long as the tale that the GM is spinning for us requires. So we may have one that's only two parts. We may have one seven parts. Uh, we just don't know until we start playing the game. We want to make sure that whoever's running that game gets to tell the full story they want to tell in that game system. So these are all games that we are excited to learn or to run or to play. So we're going to have a good time with them, and we think that you will enjoy them as well. So if you are not part of the Patreon yet, you can head over to patreon.com slash the crit show to join our community. And it starts as low as $1. And at the $5 tier, you get access to the IPT RSS feed, which gives you the ability to listen to Hero Salad, investigate the history, and our upcoming miniseries, Tales from the Omniverse. 
And then on January 1st, the intro for episode 27, we're going to announce our new Patreon tiers, uh, which will be available as that episode goes live. Uh, we've added a couple new tiers. We've adjusted some of them based off the feedback we've got from our patrons. And so all of that information and the tiers themselves will be available on January 1st. We also announced, I believe on Friday, through all of our various social medias, um, you know, we had talked before that we had gotten more than a few requests for us to open our auditions to people who were not local. Uh, and after some discussion and talking about some logistics of how we might work things out, we have indeed done just that. So you can go to thecritshowpodcast.com slash auditions, and we are now accepting remote auditions. And so with that, we are extending the audition deadline to January 15th. Uh, so you can go to our website, go to the auditions page, and all the information you need for the auditions will be there. And with that, it's time to let the recap roll. I'm going to go talk to Grandpa Tincher. So Tash, you have gotten out the IPT communicator. It starts to flash back. Instantly, you notice it's flashing all over and it just seems to be random. I'm going to try blink twice if you're okay, three times if you're in danger. You get a similar thing. It is not the same pattern, but it seems to just be random lights in a random order. TJ, before Colvar left, he gave me a name. He had talked to the crew and found out about a tracker named Landara who's at the landing. Do you want to go chat up the crew and see if you can find out anything more specific about her? I'm going to go up the sails where I've been working for the past three days or so, and I'm going to like talk up some of the guys who I've been working the sails with and the rigging and all that. One of the sailors actually swings over. He tells you that she has gray skin and black eyes and that she can be found at a bar called The foothold. Yeah, I have it on on good authority from a group of trustworthy sailors that you might be the person who could help me find someone we've lost. A friend of mine's grandpa. He's not from here. I'll help you find him. But there's something I think you should know. You say death sent you back to remove these unnatural presences from the world. Well, when I met death at the Black Gate, he sent me back with a task as well. And it's the same one he gave you. So here you all are in the foothold, and in talking to Landara, you have discovered in this moment, Jake, that the task death gave you when it sent you back is the same one that it gave Landara. Well, that's perfect then, right? It's almost like we were destined to meet. Yeah, kind of seems that way. But in a good way, not in a you kill me and get me out of here way, but in a we work together to expunge me and my kind from the world. Oh... Yeah, I suppose that way too. So if, I mean, if we're on the same page here, then let's go do the damn thing. You on board? We can go get rid of, you've got three of us here. Let's go get that fourth guy, get him out, and then there's only one left to worry about. Well, getting him out's not going to be that easy. I'm not just sitting around a bar drinking for fun since I know where he's at. He's in a pretty tough spot to get to. Uh, where is it? He's in isolation. The way you say that leads me to believe that that's like a capital I proper noun there's a place called Isolation? Yeah. What is it? It's a prison run by the Eternal Colony. Uh, that sounds like a pain in the ass. Yeah. Do you know how long he's been in prison? As far as I can tell, maybe two days max. That makes sense. Uh, is it okay if I bring the rest of the squad in on our conversation here so we don't have to like relay back and forth? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I'm going to do that. I'm going to turn and wave the others over. We'll go over then. Hi, nice to meet you. Hey, how are you? We'll see, I guess. I thought you said that there were only three of the four of you. I count four here. Oh, yeah. He's... I just pointed to Trog. He's normal. Yeah. 
I'm the normal one. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Tragically, as he scratches his ass. <laughs> what an unnormal thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> you were doing it as you said it. <laughs> All right, guys, this is Landara. Uh, Landara, this is the team. Uh, it turns out that Landara has also been to the Black Gate and was given the same task as me to expunge the otherworldly from this plane. You had mentioned before that um, it was your friend's grandfather. Which one of you is uh, the grandson of this guy? I don't see any family resemblance here. And I raise my hand gingerly and uh, I say, it's me. Well, obviously, I don't look like him because, you know, I'm not this body, technically. Oh. Oh, yeah. That's a weird. I guess you might have just glossed over that because I am a thing that is commonly a soul in a body. No, we are actually all souls occupying other bodies here. Oh, I see. That's that's interesting. It's been inconvenient for sure. I can't remember anything about this world anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so grandpa is somewhere a little ways away in a prison called Isolation, which is run by something called the Eternal Colony. Yeah. Um. Does that ring any bells in the Walthus Rolodex? Uh, which one? Uh, I think the the prison specifically. Uh, yeah, you can roll spout lore on that. Okay. Uh, that's a nine. So the thing you know about isolation is that it is a prison out in the middle of the desert. It is used to house enemies of the Eternal Colony, um, and the Eternal Colony is a mercenary group that is made up of Formians. Okay, so Formians. They're run by Formians. But yeah, it's it's like a, a mercenary colony. Um, does Honin's uh, Rolodex get a, a twinge off of that uh, Formian's word? Oh yeah, you can roll spout lore. Uh, that is an eight. So the interesting thing that you know about the Formians is that they are a race of humanoid-sized ant people. And they have the ability to communicate with one another through almost a hive mind. Uh, I will pass that on, that it's uh, it's almost like uh, these guys are a hive, almost like bees, kind of. Or just, ants, as it were. Or <laughs> ants, yeah. It's just that thing where they know things from each other because they are the one. Uh, okay, yeah, that makes sense why they would run a prison then. That's going to be... That's going to be tough. Um, and I think, too, just in addition to that, it is a hive mind connected to that specific hive. So all Formians can't communicate with one another this way. It's just that group. And so you do know that the Eternal Colony is a soul group like that is the entirety of their colony. Oh, cool. Even better. Yeah. So like I said, you can see why I wasn't quite sure what to do to get him out of there. I've never heard of anybody getting into or out of isolation. Um, I mean, we could like... I don't know. Does somebody want to like get arrested to get in there? And then we do a prison break like the hit television series prison break. Oh, my God. You guys could tattoo th some things on me like the, the, the formation of the prison of the ant hill. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just random arbitrary squiggles. <laughs> Looks like an ant colony, except it's like a mad magazine thing where you fold it together and it actually is <sighs> like, you know, so you got to just like fold your belly skin. <laughs> <laughs> God. Like when you make your belly talk, but that's how you reveal the map. <laughs> um, is it underground? Now that I say that, do we know that? It is underground. Damn. Oof. Damn. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that is almost a good thought with his whole thing being breaking out of things and, you know, busting down doors. But 
we don't know exactly what this is. It may not be doors. It might be magic or I, I don't know. It could be anything. So I feel like we're going to have to um, do a little recon one way or another. I feel like that's probably going to be up to you then. Yeah. I mean, if I find something on the way that would make sense to study, just literally like a desert bug. Like an ant, perhaps? Yeah. I mean, literally, like, I, I don't know. I'm the trying to tables think. tables of turn. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that they don't survive on just regular ass ants like that. That would be terrible news. <laughs> they eat their own. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that would make the most sense. Yeah. I mean, I guess I don't think we can really... Landara, do you know any other like handy info or is our next step probably go recon this place before we come up with a plan? Yeah, really. The only thing I know is, you know, why people get taken there and where it is. Other than that, the only thing I've ever seen is just a hole in the ground. Is there a specific reason people get taken there? Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm wondering. Why is he there? Well, it could be one of two reasons. Either he committed some crime against the Eternal Colony. He maybe was on their land doing something he shouldn't be doing. Or they've got the bounty for him and they went after it. You know, they've got prisoners there that are just bounties waiting to be claimed oh okay so they kind of double like they'll take a bounty and just use the facility they have to hold it yeah okay i mean that would make sense then yeah he's, he's been hunted forever maybe they just finally somebody caught him maybe he's going to be collected soon time is probably of the essence oh shit what if we like well no that's a bad idea i, oh, I want to hear it now i was gonna say what if we sprung a trap on whoever's coming to get him but I have no idea, like, who or how or when or where. Yeah, unless it's straight up springing a trap on them at the colony, like if we find somewhere to head somebody off going in. But even so, we might already be too late. If he's been in there two days, they could be there already. We don't know. Also, they might, like, teleport inside and Ugh. get him and teleport out, and we'd never know. Yeah. I, I just, I think this comes back to, we need to go get a look inside. Yeah. Well, is there any reason to hang around then? Are we all ready to go? Could we just gear up and take off? Uh, I mean, I'm ready to go. We just don't really know where we're going. Do they sell maps? I mean, Landara, do you know where this place is exactly? Yeah. Are you, <laughs> you along for the ride? Well, I mean, I guess the question would be, what's your price? You'd mentioned before being on your side. and If I'm going to turn down this big bounty, it'd be nice to know what I'm going to get on the other side. How big is the bounty? It's large enough that she scans around the bar room. I think myself and the four of you and everybody in here could retire off of it. Shit. God. Well, we don't have that much, but I mean, we do have a little. And I mean, it seems like you understand the situation with us. The whole goal is for us to literally leave this world. So, I mean, you can have everything we've got. Yeah, I'm not quite sure I want to accomplish this task. It's why death sent me back. I'm afraid that once it's finished, no reason to let me stay anymore. Oh, I mean, I guess I, I understand that, but... Is that how that works? Who are you asking? Me or her or... Uh, a her? I mean, I guess just kind of to the group. Like, is that... That doesn't seem like how that would work. Because, like, if he was going to claim you when the job was done, then nobody would ever do the job, right? Well, I mean, it means I got to come back for that amount of time as opposed to just staying gone from the moment I met him. Huh. Yeah, it seems easily, I mean, exploitable, I guess. Like, can I look in the book? 
Can I look in Eston's book and see if there's anything about deals with death and how they've panned out? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So rules about lore. Um, I actually have those bags of books, too, that are used to give you a little bonus if you want to use one of those charges to, like, compare notes back and forth or whatever. Yeah, I will. I will cross reference. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Jake, belly up to the bar, double fisting books. <laughs> Boy, it's a good thing I use. That's a plus one, right? Yep. Okay, that's a seven. So the interesting thing that you find is not a definite answer as to how this works, because I think you have a clear impression that what she thinks is that if she finishes the job, her life will be void and she'll have to go on. Uh Um, So I think what you find in Esten's book is you find maybe 20 stories about people who have made a deal with death at the Black Gate and come back to do a task. And seven or eight of them are written after the fact. Like, they talk about it in past tense, so you can at least glean from that, maybe not necessarily prove that that's not the case. From what I can tell, it's it's at least not, like, immediately over when you finish the job. Because there are stories in here of people who cut a deal and did it, and they are writing about it after the fact. So I don't know if, you know, I don't know if you get to live out the rest of your merry days, or whether your time is still, like, limited, but you definitely don't get claimed right when you finish the job. Hmm. And Jake, you literally can't leave until all five of us are taken care of, right? I don't know exactly. Yeah. My, I mean, that was my deal. Like, yeah. I have to do that, but I don't know what the consequences are of not doing it. If I tried to leave, I don't know if it just wouldn't work. Right. Or if I would die again or what. Yeah. The thought I was going to go down was the thought of, hey, if you're helping us all go, if you help with four of the five, you know, even that is still a little bit of like, oh, clearly she's working at this and helping with this. And if we can't find the fifth, the one that we're kind of at odds with anyway, then, hey, at least leaving one for you as insurance to stay in the world hunting him might help. But that doesn't help us if Jake can't leave until we take him out, too. Hmm. So you had said that um, everything that you've got when you leave would be mine. What do you got? We've got um, books. <laughs> we do. Uh, look, we've got a little over 3,000 gold minus whatever expenses that we need to go through the desert. We've got some items. We've got some gear. It's not a lot, but I mean, you can have whatever we don't spend on gear to get through the desert. What about that body you're in? She looks at you, Jake. How salacious. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, what about it? You want, you want the golem body? Yeah, I think it could come in awful handy if, uh, I'm on the run from death or I gotta fight off one last invader from some other world. Hmm. Oh boy. It's a toughie cause it's my body and all. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there a reason not to really, I mean, like I'm hesitant because like if we left and it seemed like the job was done, and then for some reason it turned out it wasn't, I'd have to have something to come back to over here. But, like, I'll come back to something. Yeah. I just won't necessarily know what. But this thing is good for the job that we're doing, you know? Right. I mean, I guess that's fine. Like, so far what I'm used to is just ending up in a, in a different body and figuring out how it works anyway. So what would one more time be? Can I add one caveat? So do you see the, the gems on the head? I'll take my chef's hat off so she can see. Yeah. 
So these are implantable and they do different things and you're welcome to them. I think except the black one. Are you familiar with like the gems and their magics and stuff? Yeah. So I think I would have to take the black gem out of the equation, you know, partly because like it's death magic. And I think that if we got our job done, if we finished death's task and then continued to mess with his, you know, domain, that might piss him off. Um, but also because it is the only way we have to reach a friend of ours. And so on the off chance that we've got to come back and we need to contact that person, this is the only way to do it. After you left, do you think you'd come back? I hope not. I plan not. But, you know, shit can always go sideways. But I wouldn't stay back that much, I promise you. If we ever had to come back, it would be to accomplish a piece that we missed or that went sideways or whatever, and then we'd get back out. I'm just curious uh, about you coming back. Like, if death assigned two of us the task of making sure you're not here. Might not be possible. Or I was just thinking, would there be, like, more people waiting for you next time if you intrude again? Oh, well. Very possible. Very possible. We just can't know, you know? That's sort of across the bridge when we come to it sort of thing. But I think if uh, all five of us are gone... You've done your job either way. I don't think he gets to reactivate you, does he? I assume the next time I die, he could make a second bargain, string me along, see how long I'd like to stay on this planet. Well, if you could just die right after we leave so that that breaks... I'm kidding. Please don't. It's a bad joke. Sorry. I'm sorry. I feel bad. You should. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I suppose that this could work. The little money you got now and the promise of the stuff you've got when you go. You think you're going to be able to figure out a way in i don't think we've got any other choice unfortunately one way or another we gotta get in there i'm confident we can at least discover whether or not it's possible i'll put it that way (laughs) (laughs) i'm confident we can discover whether or not we can get in (laughs) all right well i think it's just a matter of buying some supplies and getting on the road do you happen to know how long it'll take us to get to where we're going and then possibly back it depends. You're going to travel by day or by night. Do you have a recommendation? It just depends on what you think you can withstand the best. It's different equipment for one versus the other. Day's a little faster. Night's a little safer. Hmm. Either way, we're taking a gamble. We're taking a gamble with time or we're taking a gamble with having to deal with something we can't deal with out in the middle of the desert in the middle of the day. I mean, also just like the sun. Well, yeah, exactly. We're already be mm-hmm. tired, exhausted, hot, unfamiliar with how to deal with that, and then in danger. Oh, God, I'm talking myself into the nighttime when I think. I don't honestly know how like being in the desert in the day will affect me anymore. I might be largely immune to that, but mm-hmm. y'all aren't. So we're no good to anyone dead. Yeah. Right. So we should probably go at night because it's safer. I agree. It'll be cooler, too. And hell, I mean, if we get there and discover he's already been taken, I mean, this bounty is to catch a guy and they brought him to a cell. It could have just been, here's a bounty for his head. So somebody's coming to find him. Plus, if we travel at night, we can go right now. Get a head start. That's true. Yeah, if we uh, get the things that we need and head out in the next hour, I'd say that uh, I can get you to the waypoint that we'll stop at after tonight and tomorrow night basically the sunrise on the second day and then we could be at isolation just before sunrise on the fourth day it's not bad what's the waypoint that's a little town called Clearwater. give you an opportunity to refill your water skins good call okay definitely 
Strange happenings are occurring in the world of Exandria. Slayed creatures and beasts from days of yore are returning to the land of the living, and it's up to a band of unlikely heroes to re-slay them. Welcome to the Re-Slayer's Take. Join Jasmine Bular, Jasmine Chung, Jasper Cartwright, and Caroline Lux alongside Game Masters Nick Williams and me, George Primavera, in this Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition role-playing adventure through Critical Role's fantasy world of Exandria. But don't worry, you won't need to know the rules to follow this story. All you need to know is that nothing the players do is scripted or planned, and their fates are determined by their own cleverness and the roll of a 20-sided die. So what the heck are you waiting for? Adventure awaits in the Re-Slayers Take. New episodes drop weekly on Mondays wherever you stream your podcasts. The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey today. All right, so as the group of you head out to do this shopping and get on your way, TJ, you notice as you are leaving the foothold, the dwarf in the corner watching you again. I should probably do something about that, but I don't want to bring attention to myself, so I will just continue on my way. All right, roll defy danger with charisma, and you have a minus one. Uh-oh. Uh, that's an eight. So you can get out of the foothold without him causing a scene, but he's going to follow you out. He is going to stay inside and tell his version of what happened, or he's going to send a letter home. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and let him talk to the bar. All right. So as the group of you exits the foothold, it gets pretty noisy inside. You hear someone start shouting for attention from the group. And in the background, as you all walk away down the street, you hear this tale starting to be told about escorting dwarven royalty underneath the ocean and being left for dead. You say we all hear that? Like you hear the beginnings of it. Yeah. Uh Oh, (laughs) that bar might be burned. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Let's shop fast, shall we? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so she gives you a shopping list of the things that you will need to travel at night. Uh, the shopping list contains camels to travel with, water skins. She says that you'll need one water skin per camel and two water skins for Trog and for TJ, because the other two of you don't eat or drink. Correct. And then she'll need one for herself. And you'll need tents to sleep in during the day. Are those all like individual items in this game are those are those adventuring gear charges basically uh yeah i think so i think it's just a a cluster of adventuring gear uh, not the camels you know pulling a camel out of your back <laughs> oh contraire <laughs> one charge per hump <laughs> okay so there's five of us presently i mean do you think we do five camels just because like i think a camel theoretically could carry more than one person but probably not like me and or probably not trog and we're too heavy. Right. Well, we could just do a wagon as well so that we have like three of us riding and two camels pulling a wagon that could hold more people. Yeah, I dig that. Because then if we pick up grandpa and we've got to make a run on foot effectively, we'd have somewhere to put him. Yeah. Um. 
hey, that's another thing that maybe you can pick up on this trip, Landara, is bounties. If we go in and we jailbreak one person, maybe we take some more and you can turn in their bounty instead. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to go in and just bust this place wide open somehow, I'll grab whatever I can. Yeah, well, I mean, again, we'll see what it looks like when we get there, but hell, maybe we maybe we walk with some more thousands of coin worth of people, put them in the wagon too. Um, Five camels, wagon, the math on the adventuring gear, it's just addition. I should be able to do this. <laughs> One for the camels for their water, and then one for the other people who drink, and then... Tents. Tents. I mean, so this will be covered by three adventuring gears. Yeah. Maybe just grab another just to have it. I know I think we all at least have one. And for the sake of camels, it'll be the same cost as horses. It's their version of a horse here. Okay. So we were starting at um, 3599 We spent 60 on the three adventuring gear. 375 on camels, 150 for a wagon, for 585 coin, leaving us with 3,014. Excellent. And Landara will take her 3,000, <laughs> leaving you with 14. So what's the riding arrangement here? I would assume that our two heaviest would be the Soul Trap and Trog, right? So maybe them in the wagon and the other three of us riding? Yeah, that sounds about right. Sure. Yeah, so you all know exactly what you're getting. Uh, you know where most of the stores are. Uh, you don't have any problem getting your stuff and setting out. So it's about an hour later, and everybody roll, undertake a perilous journey to get to the first stop, uh, which will be Clearwater. And if you are the Trailblazer, you get a plus one because of Landara. And if you're the Quartermaster, you get a plus one because of Trog. I'll be the Trailblazer. And I will adopt my normal job as well. <laughs> <laughs> I got an eight. I got a nine. And also a nine for scouting. So the group of you set out and travel for this night. It's pretty uneventful. The thing that you notice the most is the transition of the environment that you're in. You know, you have all been in a number of places around Dunehurst, and it's all been very green and lush. It starts out as kind of hard back here, but after you get an hour in, it starts to become higher dunes and big slopes of sand and you actually notice that the temperature drops like seven or eight degrees in the dark and part of that is actually the warmth coming off of the ocean uh, so you know it's going to be cold out here at night but you're up you're moving around so it's not going to be too much of a problem when you stop for that night how are you setting up camp um hmm i don't have to sleep so i'll watch somewhere but i guess how should everybody we've got the one wagon how should we arrange everything are there any particularly tall dunes yet or are we not far enough into the desert for that uh yeah no not yet there's oh, not okay because there's the trick where you have the sweet spot where your tents are either getting the shade from the dunes or from the wagon but if it's not that tall yet that's the same one where like the wind blows and you get buried under the dune shifting right yeah it's fun oh, it's yeah, like a game let's dig a hole bury the wagon and everybody get <laughs> oh, in <there. laughs> jake just stands on top of the dirt that it's all buried <laughs> under yep somebody's like what are you doing here Nothing. Mind your business. Move on. Uh, I guess just tents on each side of the wagon so that we have a little bit of a perimeter. Where's everybody sleeping? Jake doesn't need to. Would anybody want to sleep in the wagon? Like, I, I mean, there's room for one or two people to sleep in the wagon. Might as well. Yeah, I think it uh, might be a good idea. He's holding up a tent and it's like laying across him like a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, TJ, where are you setting up your tent compared to the wagon? Like maybe 10, 20 feet away. And Landara will set hers up about the same distance away in the other direction. 
So you've got a nice big area to watch over. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> um, I'll probably just like stand on the front of the wagon then so I can see like from a little bit higher up all around. I feel like that's my best um, vantage point. Yes, that's the word I was looking for. Thank you. Is there anything that any of you want to do or talk about before you head to bed? Uh, I at least want to spend some time trying to find some bugs that I can study and do my studied essence so I have something deserty and small to sneak into the place with. Yeah, so I think that you don't have any problem looking around and you're able to find a fire beetle. Oh, okay. So you'll take the four hours required to study that uh, and then go to sleep. Uh, I think I'd honestly just sleep under the wagon in some animal form. What form? Bobcat seems to be my curl up in sleep form. Whoa, seven. Okay, you get a hold too. Whew. So Jake, everybody else is laying down and going to sleep. Roll take watch. Okay. Eight. So you're standing on the wagon throughout the course of this day. You know, we joke about this. Roll defy danger with constitution. Oh, now that I have to do it, I'm not as excited about it. <laughs> Uh, that's a nine. So you're going to be able to keep watch and keep focused. Um, but I think the way that the heat is going to affect you, because it does get very hot and you are a big metal man standing in the sun. So you're either going to have a minus one to dex because it is just sapping your energy. Uh, you're going to have a minus one to wisdom because it is tedious isn't the right word, but it's kind of mentally daunting to withstand this heat for this long and keep active watch. Uh, or you're going to have a minus one to con because it's physically draining you. And that minus one will just be a minus one forward the next time you have to use that attribute because it's just, you know, it's taking it out of you in some way. I mean, functionally, I think this is the worst one to pick, but I think I'm going to go with the minus one forward on wisdom because like, I feel like it's just I'm a big metal man. And probably the thing that's most easily affected now is my mind. Like I'm very sturdy and stable and able to withstand things, but I'm no less likely to get like bored and demoralized. So. Yeah. So you're standing watch and about five or six hours have passed. The sun is not quite at its highest point. It's a little past it now. And as you are looking to the south, you hear from behind you. I want to see what that is. Uh, you turn around and standing on one of the dunes right next to you, looking down, you see two very large ant men. They have this dark brown carapace and they are both holding spears and you see a little bit of luminescence behind them like they've got wings folded back. Oh, this is like night one, right? Yeah. We're still like three days away from where we're trying to get? Correct. God damn, cover a lot more ground than I expected. Um, I will just wave. One of them takes flight and hovers where it's at, and the other one lowers its spear and starts pointing at you. I, I don't speak Formian. I don't know what you're trying to convey to me. I'm sorry. The one that's flying flies in your direction and draws its spear, and it gets right in front of the wagon and drags a line in the sand, and it points from the side of the line that's on the north to the side of the line that's on the south. Like it like draws like an arrow? Like does it just point at one side and then point at the other? Or does it seem to like gesture from one to the other? Yes. Like it seems like a go on the other side of this line. Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. Um. Uh, what all is on the wrong side of this line? Uh, half of the wagon and TJ's tent. 
okay, I can do that. And I'll just kind of shove the wagon, roll it a little ways and like grab two corners of TJ's tent or something and slide him like trying to not wake anybody up, but get us to where they want us. You move the wagon and Tass is underneath. It just starts (laughs) sizzling. (laughs) (laughs) He accidentally turned into like a hairless cat. (laughs) I'll I'll very gingerly scoop up an entire bobcat (laughs) and move it over as well. Yeah. Yeah, so you move the wagon and then you slide Tass back underneath and in the process of moving TJ and his tent, like you see them there, they're watching and you turn your back to replace his stakes on the tent and by the time you glance back over, they are already walking away down this imaginary line back the direction that you came. They're following that line they drew? Yeah, and they are on the north side of it. So it seems like they're like patrolling their borders or something. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I think I'll let everybody sleep still and I'll just bring this up when night falls and we're on the move again. So the rest of that day goes by without any complication. And as the sun starts to set, everybody wakes up. Hey, uh, I actually had a run in with a couple of Formians about midday. They just kind of came and traced out, I think, like their property line and told me to piss off to the other side of it. So I scooted everybody so that we were good. But I don't know what I did expect, but I didn't expect them to come out this far. Are you kidding me? They were this far? Yeah, okay, so that's not, that is unexpected? Well, it's not, I guess it's not unexpected, it's just, I haven't been out here in a few months, and it's hard to know with the Formians where their territory begins and ends, because everything's underground, and I just, and she actually pulls out a map, and you can see she's got a pretty big area marked, and she starts redrawing some lines. Which way did they go once they were done? I'll point the direction they started walking. And you can tell that she is redrawing some assumed border lines about their territory well so what do we do like are we crossing over into their zone right now unfortunately we're kind of marked now two of them have seen me and from what i understand if two of them know us then they all know us right well we're not crossing into their territory yet essentially this morning we were supposed to bank west i thought we just had more time or else i would have taken us west last night yeah at some point we are going to cross into their boundary but at least the way that I understand it now, and again, this map could be wrong, it won't be until about six or seven hours before we get to isolation. Okay. Well, everyone keep an eye out. Oh, they've got wings. Oh, they, great. They flew. They have wings and spears. Oh, flying ants. Okay. All right. Let's keep moving then. All right. So the rest of the travel goes by without any incidents. Uh, you all had mixed successes. Uh, No extra food is used, no extra time is cut off, nothing gets the drop on you. And you're probably about half an hour away from Clearwater. You can actually see it on the horizon just because you can see a couple of lanterns burning and the sun is just starting to come up. When we get to Clearwater, and you can tell she's trying to figure out what to say, like there's an audible pause. It's a strange little town. Um, A lot of people use it to go through and refill their rations and their water, and it's Filled with really nice people, but um, you got to have an offering for the well, for the water. So just be aware of that. Think of something you've got that you can give up. And before we take our water, before we leave, when the sun's going down, we'll leave the offering. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, would money do? Yeah. If you can find it, maybe even buy something. Meat is usually best, but trinkets work too. Sorry. Is there something in the well? Yeah. Yeah. That just threw me. So we're not like leaving something for the town as a thank you for their water. We're leaving something for something in the well. Yeah. 
I'm picturing the creation of Slurm right now, and I'm yes. very oh, upset. But uh, if it's anywhere near as good as Slurm is. <laughs> yeah. Right, I mean. Okay, so in theory, we could buy something there to give up. Yeah. Uh, oh, hell, Trog's got a bag full of meat. I mean, I like the stuff that I made. Maybe they've got something simpler there, or, you know. Just in case. Yeah, oh, all right. Why don't you just give away my hard-earned spoils? I help. Yeah. You held that spatula real good. <laughs> I held my spatchy spatch. Yeah. I'm so curious. Don't. <laughs> Don't. Let's just go get our water and get out. I can be a dolphin, though. You can just drop me in. I'm not even going to bless this with a response. <laughs> so the group arrives in clear water, and the sun is just starting to rise. So um, do you want to get an in for the night, or... You're going to sleep just kind of on the outskirts of town in your tents or... I mean, we can get a room. Again, I might just kind of hang out outside with the wagon to make sure nothing happens or inside with you guys. I don't know. Whatever you think. Yeah, let's let's buy a little peace of mind maybe for once. Stable the camels and have stuff put up and away, huh? Uh, Yeah, I mean, if we're going to get a room and like stable the animals, then I'll probably just like explore the town. I guess since it'll be daytime, I might as well. All right. Uh, you're able to find a room at the inn and to stable the camels. Uh, it'll cost you two gold for both of those things. Nice. Um, so you get everybody up to bed and get the animals put away and get the wagon parked. And what are you going to do around town? It's, you know, the town is not sleeping during the day. They're up and moving around and getting stuff done. I don't really have anything specific in mind. Just kind of seeing what kind of like, you know, shops or curiosities they have to offer, seeing if there's anything like unique to this town, whether it's things that are here or things that they do. Um, and I mean, it, it is not off the table that I might just like help some people accomplish something if, you know, I have nothing else to do. Yeah, it's not a very large town. It's three or four blocks. And so you head towards where the majority of the noise is coming from, which is the center of town. It's where most of the open businesses are. Um, there are people selling items. There are people setting up their shops for the day. The person who took your camels is leading them into the barn and putting them in one of the stables. And you see the well at the center of town. And there are hand-carved statues sitting at the edge of it and little piles of coins. And you see a woman carrying a very big haunch of meat. And she walks up to the well, and you can hear that she mutters something. And then a very large, almost translucent tentacle comes out of the well and wraps around the meat and pulls it down into the well. And from deep below, you hear the sound of chewing. The Crit Show is a Crit Show Studios production, edited and produced by Brandon Wentz, with music by Jake Purley. You can find more information about us at thecritshowpodcast.com. To keep up to date with upcoming live shows, contests, and other special events, follow us at The Crit Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For even more weekly content, join us at patreon.com slash thecritshow. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.
Congratulations. You've reached the Amelia Project. A new life awaits. If you're not serious about this, hang up. If you continue, there's no way back. Leave your message after the beep. Enter the offices of the Amelia Project and be ready for surprises, twists and turns. Follow the Amelia team as they help their clients fake their deaths and come back with new identities. Each episode is different. Each client coming to the death-faking agency has a unique story to tell. If death and disappearances, comedy and crime, mystery and magic sounds like your cup of... Coco, The Amelia Project is the podcast for you. Search for The Amelia Project wherever you find your podcasts. And remember, leave your message after the beep.